when you're spirit-filled is he will change the way you look at a lost and dying world. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through a series on the Holy Spirit. So, get ready to follow along in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. that God's not going to do the exact same thing in your life as he's doing in somebody else's life. There's diversities of gifts. And in the Holy Spirit, God puts his Holy Spirit in the church, in you. So it's as if Jesus himself was here among us. And so that's why he says it this way. And there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Now, always remember, everything that we're reading about is predicated upon a free gift. God gives these to you because he loves you. They're not a reward for being a really good Christian. They're simply a gift, like the gift of salvation. That's why it's called the gift of the Holy Spirit. We didn't do anything to earn it. God gives it to us. And there's diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. God's got a big, broad reach that he's doing. Why is that? Because we're, we're, we, we realize we see people of diversity everywhere. And I'm not just talking about background or color. I'm talking about mental understandings, the way they perceive life, all these things. And God wants those people in his kingdom. Now, again, the fields are white with harvest, Jesus taught but the labors are few. Pray then, therefore, that the, the master will send laborers in. That's my prayer for you, that you will have an eye knowing what God wants to do. You know, it's one thing, I don't know how many people have ever done this. Um, it happened to me this week. I, I, I bought a shortwave receiver, and, and I, did, I couldn't pick up much on it. And, and I, I thought, that's kind of weird, you know, you and so anyway, I called this guy, and, um, and I said, uh, he, he specialized, I said, hey, this thing doesn't pick up, because, you know, we, being we're in radio, I'm thinking, well, maybe we could expand into the shortwave world that reaches around the world for people who do not have the internet. Most, and a lot of China, a lot of, a lot of uh, India, they don't have that. And so anyway, uh, in Tibet and other places, and I thought, well, that would be kind of neat. So I, I called this guy up who specialized in this radio, and I said, I just can't pick up very much stuff on it. Is it broken? And he said, did you turn the preamp on? And my classic answer was, what's that? And he said, well, it's on the front panel. And I said, oh, I'm looking at it. And he goes, see the knob that says preamp on? And I said, yeah. He goes, is it on? I go, no. He goes, turn it on. And I turned it on, and all of a sudden, there's all kinds of stations all over. 
It's the same way it is when you buy a car. And, and uh, you, you, you never read the owner's manual. No one ever does unless there's smoke coming out from underneath the hood. We don't care. And, and, and then one day we're sitting there, uh, you have a flat tire, you're waiting for somebody to come scrape your tire up off the road, and you're just sitting there going, oh, look through this thing. And you go, well, I didn't know I had intermittent wipers on my car. Is that how that works? And when you begin to really read the instruction manual, you'll find all kinds of things that you didn't know that something would do because we never spent the time to read the book. Well, the Bible's kind of like that too. If you don't know what the Bible says, if you don't know what to expect God to do in your life, you won't be walking then what? In faith, because faith is the expectancy of what's God going to do. What will God do? Well, if I've, never read, if I've never read the Bible, I don't expect him to do much. But you know, when you read the Old Testament, you see how God provided for the children of Israel as they walked in the wilderness and they were out of food. They just couldn't whip it into the 7-Eleven. I'll have a quart of milk, you know. No, the food showed up on the ground every day. God's provision for them. Well, if that's the way God wants to do for them, and they half the time were in complete rebellion to God, how much more does God want to do for you because he loves you? And I go, wow, Jehovah Jireh, the God of my provider. Wow. So that way, it changes the way I see life. Hey, listen, you don't have to steal as a Christian. Why? Because God's going to provide for you. How's he going to do that? I don't know. But I know he will. His word says he will. And because he says he will, and because I have an illustration of what he's done in the past, I can expect the same God, as in Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know what he did then, he's going to do now. So now that frees you and me up to be about our Father's business. Now, as he says here, there's differences of ministries, but it's the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. That's the whole heart of God. God puts in you and me his gifts, so we're all blessed. So something that God does for you, you're going to bless others. Now, it really doesn't say it's going to do great things for me, yay me, but it's going to do great things for the body of Christ. Now, again, as he says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, another faith through the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings, by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. We're going to look at this real quick. It says, what is given the word of wisdom? Wow, that's revelation of something that's going on. You know, uh, the Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. It doesn't say there's wisdom in a multitude of opinions. So it makes a big difference who you go to for that information that you need so desperately that we all need desperately all the time. And I think it's really wise 
that we consult one another in Christ for whatever it might be, whether it's how to, uh, you got somebody sick and we go pray for them, or whether it's I'm buying a house and is this thing any good? I think there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. And God has given to some people via the Holy Spirit wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to apply what you know. You may know a lot of knowledgeable people, but you may only know a few wise people, people with wisdom. I have information, I have knowledge, but I have no way to put wheels to it. I have no way to put legs to what I know. That's what wisdom does. And that's in the body of Christ. Now, why this is important is this. This is what the church is supposed to be. Now, again, fellowship, friends, yeah, that's what we are too. But this is what we do together as a church. One, the word of wisdom through the same spirit. To another, the word of knowledge. Now again, a word of knowledge is interesting because that's where somebody supernaturally will tell you what you need to do to fix the problem. I thank God for those. I've, I've seen actually these gifts work in the church. I've seen them work in my own life. Um, been a recipient of these gifts working within the church. And this is what you want. And this is why, again, we have fellowship afterwards. We have fellowship on Wednesday night. I know so many people get together in your homes, all these different things. But this is what we want to do. So he says, one given the word of wisdom, another the word of knowledge through the same spirit. And this is, again, like a quickening where somebody says, well, what you need to do is this. And this is how you do that. He says, another, the gift of faith by the same Spirit. I think this is why some people just, God's going to take care of it. Uh, I don't know what's going on in your life, but God's going to take care of it. Every once in a while, I need to be around somebody like that. Because we can get down in the dumps, we can get down in the whole hums, we can get all those kinds of places, and you get around somebody, ah, God's going to fix it, don't worry about it. And you go, yeah. That's right. You see, we need to be, you need to associate with people who are going to bring us into wisdom, bring us into knowledge, bring us into faith as these gifts are manifested and to another, the gift of healings by the same spirit. And I thank God for that. Rudy is, how's your back, Rudy? It's great. He was supposed to have a $300,000 operation. Didn't have the money for it. I, we, we just prayed for him and God healed him. Uh, it's amazing. No scar tissue either. <laughs> I like that. He says, another working of miracles. You know, sometimes we do need miracles. And especially in outreach. In fact, we're going to, I've got to hurry here because I don't want to run out of time. But gift of miracles, uh, the word of prophecy. Now this means foretelling under the anointing of God. Um, Sometimes prophecy is predicting an event. Sometimes it's just speaking under the anointing of God what God would say. To another discerning of spirits. Uh, Now there's no gift of discerning of spirits. But there is the uh, ability, maybe I should say, uh, um, as he says here, the gift of, uh, let me rephrase how I said that. There is the gift of discerning of spirits. There's no gift of discernment. 
I've had people say, oh, I have the gift of discernment. I go, well, that's pretty amazing. You have a gift the Bible doesn't talk about. There's the gift of discerning of spirits. That's where somebody may look like they're a Christian, but they're really not. This happened all the way through the Bible. And we remember that it was because somebody had a word of knowledge. There was a a girl, she was possessed by devils. They didn't know that. And she started following Paul and his companion around saying, these are the men of the Most High God that show the way to salvation. Listen to what they've got to say. And she did this many days. The Bible says Paul and his companion were grieved in their spirit. They prayed, came to the understanding that this woman had a spirit. They cast the spirit out of her, and she could no longer tell fortunes anymore. Now, it's that word of, 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 that part of the Holy Spirit that, that discerns that though they may be saying the right things, there's something really wrong. And so he says, discernment of spirits, another different kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. We'll talk about that later. But notice that oftentimes you go to sometimes Pentecostal churches going back to the first verse. I don't want you to be ignorant. And the thing is saying, well, unless you can pray in tongues, you're not spirit filled. Well, I'm sorry. I don't read that in the Bible. And as a matter of fact, it's the last one here that's even listed. I think gift tongues is good. The Bible says those that pray in an unknown tongue build up themselves. And so he tells us here that it's a real part of the gifts. I see all these other gifts in operation in the church today. I cannot see any reason why tongues would not be part of the church today as well. So it says, for as the body is one and has many members, but all members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. That's what God wants to do. Now, real quick, let's just go down here to verse 27. Paul then, in these verses that we're going to skip over, explains the body. The, you know, the, the hand can't say to the body, I have no use of you. He's saying how we all need each other. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ, members individually. And God has appointed these in the church first, apostles. Those were the foundation of the church. That was Matthew, Mark, John, those apostles that Jesus had picked. I do not believe in in living apostles today. You had to be an eyewitness of Jesus Christ. And so we have apostles in our church. I go, uh, you know, then that kind of overrules Jesus as 12. Then it says... God has put those in the church first. And now notice first, apostles, second prophets, those, again, speaking under the anointing of God, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, and ministrations in variety of tongues. Uh, Again, notice tongues mentioned last. The only reason I mention that is because some churches say, unless you can pray in tongues to begin with, you're not spirit-filled. So then he says in verse 29, are all apostles? The answer is no. Are all prophets? No. And by the way, whenever anything is written in the negative in the Greek, the answer is always negative. So if you look at your child and say, do you want me to spank you? And they go, oh, yes, very much so. No, the answer is always no. So he says, are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healing? Do all, have, do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? The answer is no every single time here. 
Not everybody has the same gift is what he's saying. But notice what it says. But earnestly desire the best gifts, yet I'll show you a more excellent way. Chapter 13 is the chapter on love. Maybe we'll try to get into that next Sunday on how important love in the ministry and in the Holy Spirit is. But here's the point. Earnestly desire the best gifts. What are the best gifts? What's God called you to do? If you're an evangelist, probably the word of knowledge is great. That's where God tells you what in your head what somebody is thinking and you can minister to them. If you're a missionary, maybe the gift of miracles would be a really great gift. If you're a person in church that wants to support the body, maybe the gift of tongues is a good gift because that would then build you up and you can build others up. Maybe, uh, again, looking at these others are all prophets, are speaking under the anointing of God. If you're an evangelist, I think the gift of prophecy is a really good gift too. You see, God's got different gifts for everybody in his body. If you're in his body today, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, God has gifts for you. I don't think necessarily it's limited to just one. I think there's others. The best gifts are what God has called you to do. What is your interest? Do you really like being around people? Then maybe the word of knowledge would be a good gift for you. Because when you're around people and you begin to just share with them, you begin to reveal the things that are on, going on in their heart. You see, we have a big God. What I'm, what I'm trying to sh- share with you this morning, we want to take God out of the box of, I got my salvation, I'm going to heaven someday. Thank you, Jesus. That's great. But God says, I got so much more for you because I want you to reach the world. And that's what we do in Christ. Via the Holy Spirit, empowered by him, God taking our narrow-mindedness and expanding to a big lost world. The fields are white with harvest. The laborers are few. So God opens our eyes up and then we begin to see, as Jesus said, seeing the multitudes, he had compassion on them. I believe that's so important. I think without true compassion, there really is no ministry because we're doing it for the wrong reason. We're not doing the notches in the gun. We're saying, okay, God, I want to be where I can reach out to people and love them the way you do. I can't love people on my own. I need supernatural love. Why is that? All of us listening, we are an exhaustible supply. But God is an inexhaustible supply being able to provide for us everything that we need. Look, if God would provide manna for the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, how much more will he provide everything you need to be about your daddy's business? I like that. So in other words, now my Christianity isn't necessarily just a private thing. Well, I don't talk about it. But it is that which is for, I've been saved, you've been saved. Now, Lord, let our light shine. The Bible tells us how to let your light shine. And letting our light shine, again, requires, or maybe I should say is a desire of God to communicate, forget not. That we just don't go around with a sandwich billboard uh, written, repent or perish, with a megaphone screaming at people. But rather, we learn how to speak to people. We learn how to be like Jesus did. Remember when Jesus saw the woman at the well? Jesus sat down with her and said, give me something to drink. And she says, the well is deep and and you have nothing to draw with. 
And what was interesting is because Jesus didn't even have a cup to drink out of, meant that he was going to share her cup, which she said, you being a Jew and me being a Samaritan, and we're prejudiced against each other. We don't have anything to do with each other. Now Jesus would actually share the same drinking cup with a heathen slime Samaritan? Yes, he would. That's why they accused Jesus often. They said, why do you associate yourself with the publicans and the sinners? And Jesus said, the sick ones are the ones who need the doctor. You see, again, moving away from Christians on parade to a hospital for people that need to be bandaged up. You know, all week long, the world beats us all up. And it does. Friends, beats me up too. But you know, when I come and I get around saints and I'm encouraged It refocuses why I'm here. It reminds me, God, I know you want to open my eyes to more of what's going on. Thank you for cracking me out of my little shell that I would love to stay behind, be a hermit, build my wall, look over it occasionally and see all the weird people and then go back down. God says, no, I want you to go out there and let your light shine. You are the light of the world. The Bible says you are the salt of the earth. Do that. Be that by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. That's the gift of God. Again, when we talk sometimes about what will the Holy Spirit do in my life, I think the number one thing that he will do when you're spirit-filled is he will change the way you look at a lost and dying world. I just believe that. Because again, remember, the gift of the Holy Spirit was to profit with all. It isn't just necessarily me, but unless it changes me, I will not be effective in doing what I'm doing. So again, I want to be careful that I could reach the Egyptians without walking like an Egyptian. I want to be able to reach out to a a lost world without offending them. But at the same time, I have to always remember that the preaching of the gospel is an offense to those that don't believe. So how can I package this? How can I keep from shoving the apple pie in your face so you give me enough time that I can cut it up and feed you the great news of God's love and God's salvation? This morning, if you're not a Christian, maybe I've been speaking a little bit of something that you say, something I know I need, but I don't know how to do that. The Bible says that we're all sinners. See, we've all, we've all, remember this. Sinning doesn't make you a sinner. Sinning proves what we are. And and all God says to to me is, is, look, do you want your life to mean something in this world and in eternity? Yes. I don't want it to end up as a meaningless exploit of energy going from one hobby to the next, going from one thrill to the next, going from one rush to the next. I want my life to mean something in this world and in the world to come. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye labor and heavy laden. How did we get labor and heavy laden? By pursuing our pursuits, and I will give you rest. That's what you need. That's what I need. We need to be saved. That's what it means. Help me. I'm in an ocean of, 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 of passion and I'm in an ocean of, 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 of hobbies and I'm in an ocean of wasted time and God says, I'm going to throw you a life ring. And we hold on. And the Bible says he saves us. This morning, if you've never 
repented. You never said, God, I'm sorry for the stupid way I've lived. From this day forward, I'm going to live for you. The Bible says if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This morning, if you need to pray, you need to get right with God, let's pray right now. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I am sorry that I have wasted my life. From this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. I ask you to make me the best I can be for you. I accept what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross, that he took my place. And so now, may every day be that of living for you. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me now so I can be about your business. And thank you for eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.